Welcome to the radio broadcast of the Capital City Baptist Church in South Charleston, West Virginia. We pray that God bless you as you listen in to the message today. All right, if you take your Bibles, let's turn to 1 Samuel chapter number 12. And I'm going to begin reading in verse number 16. 1 Samuel chapter 12 and verse number 16. Now before I get into the text today, I would like you to have an idea of the context of what's happening here in 1 Samuel. In 1 Samuel, Israel has requested a king. And God had no plan of giving them a king. God was their leader. God was the very one that would take care of Israel. It was to be a theocracy. It was to be led by God. And God's people were to follow God's lead. And we see that Israel had requested a king and Samuel was grieved and burdened and Samuel went to God and told God that the people had rejected him and that the people had rejected God and they wanted a king. And God told uh, told Samuel to go back to Israel and share with Israel that there would be consequences uh, for receiving a king. And so I want to begin reading. Uh, We'll start in 1 Samuel chapter number 12 and verse number 16. The Bible says, Now therefore stand and see this great thing which the Lord will do before your eyes. Is it not wheat harvest today? I will call unto the Lord and He shall send thunder and rain that ye may perceive and see that your wickedness is great which ye have done in the sight of the Lord, in asking you a king. So Samuel called unto the Lord, and the Lord sent thunder and rain that day, and all the people greatly feared the Lord and Samuel. And all the people said unto Samuel, Pray for thy servants unto the Lord thy God, that we die not, for we have added unto all our sins this evil to ask us a king. And Samuel said unto the people, Fear not, Ye have done all this wickedness, yet turn not aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. And turn ye not, for then should ye go after vain things which cannot profit nor deliver, deliver, for they are vain. Verse 22, For the Lord will not forsake His people for His great name's sake, because it hath pleased the Lord to make you His People, I want to preach on this subject, what to do when you can't undo what you did. What to do when you can't undo what you did. We see here that Israel had made a mistake in pushing God to give them a king. And God told Israel, I'll give you a king and I'll give you what you want but you're not going to want what you get. You know, sometimes in life we want things that we think would be good for us. We desire things that we believe would benefit us or make our life easier or give us a better opportunity to serve God. But then we find out that when we get the very thing that we wanted... We don't like it so much. It's not good for us. And sometimes in life, 
We may get what we want, but we're not going to like what we get. And that's what happened here with Israel. Israel wanted a king like all other nations. But once they got this king, they found out they really didn't want a king. And so we see here that Samuel says, You have done wicked in asking for a king. You have sinned against God in asking for a king. And they recognized their sin. They recognized that they had disobeyed God. Let me just say this. There's many people today within the church that want what the world has. They want a life like the world promises. They want the things that the world has. Just like Israel looked out and saw what other nations were doing and they wanted to follow suit. The same thing is happening within the church. The church is looking out to the world for direction instead of looking to the Word of God for direction. Remember this, we're not of this world. Even though we're in this world, God has called us to live our life to the beat of a different drum. God has called us to live according to the principles and the precepts of the kingdom of God. And we're told in the New Testament, uh, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so we're not to be like the world. We're not to follow the world's ways. We're to follow God's ways. And many times God's ways aren't the world's ways. Many times the way that God leads His children is contrary to how the world says things ought to be. And so what do you do when you can't undo what you did? I remember as a young child watching Superman. And Superman, uh, when the movie came out, it was very fascinating to me how Clark Kent was um, this dorky man one moment. Then when tragedy came, he would go into a telephone booth and he would transform into Superman. And I remember one particular episode of Superman when Lois Lane was falling from a building and Superman was delayed and he was late in getting and arriving on the scene and Lois Lane, she died in the series in that uh, part of the, the movie and Superman was distraught and so what he did was he flew um, outside of the earth's atmosphere and he began flying in circles around planet earth uh, counterclockwise. And as Superman was flying counterclockwise faster and faster and faster, it showed a clock hanging on the wall and time began to turn backwards and Superman began to turn back the hands of time. And he turned back the hands of time to go back in uh, history uh, so he could get there in time to save Lois Lane's life. You know, it would be nice if we could turn back the hands of time. I believe there's many right now listening to my voice. There's some things that you have done in your past that if you could go back to that moment in time, you would not make the same decision. There's been some financial decisions that you wish you would have never made. There have been some moral decisions that 
you regret ever making. There may be some ministry decisions that you've made that you wish you never made. There may be some decisions you made in marriage or some decisions you made in your parenting that if you could rewind and turn back the hands of time, you would go back to a specific time in history and you would do something different. But the truth of the matter is you and I don't have the power of Superman to turn back the hands of time. We have to live for the rest of our life with the reality of what we did or the decision that we made. So what do you do when you're living in regret? What do you do when you can't undo what you did? In essence, that's what Israel is facing here. God tells them that you are going to regret the decision that you made. You're going to regret asking for a king, and you're going to pray to me, but I'm not going to hear you. And what God means by that, not that he can't hear the words they're praying, God's saying that you're going to beg, you're going to pray, you're going to plead uh, for me to undo this, but I'm not going to undo what's happened. You know, God's not going to change the consequences of our decision. God isn't going to change the outcome of our decisions. There is a law of reaping and sowing. And so when we can't change something, when we can't undo something, um, we've got to learn how to live today and tomorrow um, in the reality of a decision that we regret. So how do we not miss the future living in regret of a past decision? And that is what I want to deal with for the time that we have together this morning. Samuel, um, he tells us, uh, he tells Israel here what they ought to do. There are three choices available after we make a mistake, after we sin, after we make a wrong choice, um, because there's just some things in life we can't change. And uh, so, look, Samuel doesn't pull any punches. He says, you have done wicked. You have done wrong. You have done the wrong thing. Um, and there's no explaining that away. And uh, we're not going to take away from that today. Many of us have made decisions, even as Christians, that are just flat out wrong and wicked. But does that mean that life is over? Does that mean that the future is dead? Does that mean that we can no longer be used by God? Does that mean that God's done with us and through with us and we've destroyed our life because of a sin, mistake, and wickedness? wickedness in our life? And the answer to that is no. Life is not over. The answer to that is no. God is not finished with you and I. And so Samuel gives Israel a rebuke, but then he gives them three things that they are to do after they've done something that they cannot undo. I want you to see, first of all, what the Bible says here. In verse number 19, Samuel says, Whatever you do, seek forgiveness. In verse 19, notice what your Bible says. And all the people said unto Samuel, Pray for thy servants unto the Lord thy God, that we die not. For we have added unto all our sins this day to ask us a king. So Samuel said, You've done wrong, you've sinned. And immediately Israel said, We deserve to die. 
Listen, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. God told Adam in the Garden of Eden, In the day that you eat thereof, ye shall surely die. Israel understood that to sin against God was the death sentence. And may I just say today, sin against God brings the death penalty. Uh, The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And so the wages of sin is death. And the consequence of sin is death. James says that when we have been enticed by our own lust, we're led away. And when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin brings forth death. It's not always a physical death. It could be death to your marriage. It could be death to a relationship. It could be death to a ministry. It could be death to joy. It could be death to your prayer life. And some of you today, you're experiencing a death in your life because of a decision you've made in yesterday. Yesterday, a decision you made last year, maybe a decision you made 10 years ago and you're living in death and you're living in defeat and you're living in discouragement because of a decision you made years ago. And so God, we see here, is willing to be merciful to our sin. God is willing to be merciful unto our wickedness and our failures. Even though God won't undo what we did and even though God may not remove the consequences of our sin and our choices we can still receive forgiveness from God so number one Samuel says whatever you do after you've done wrong after you've made a mistake after you have done wickedly seek God's forgiveness Israel in essence said look we want you to pray and ask God not to bring death into our life we need the forgiveness of God. We need the mercy of God. You know, that reminds me, not long after I got saved, I remember the first sin that I committed. And I remember I was so broken hearted and I was tearful and remorseful and there was godly sorrow in my heart and I went to a mentor in my life and I said, I can't believe what I've done. I've sinned against God. And I said, what do I do now? How, how do I operate as a Christian after I've sinned against God? And he took me to the New Testament found in the first epistle of John, 1 John chapter number 1 and verse number 9. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Did you get that? The apostle John said, If we confess confess our sins. Brother and sister, there's not one of us without sins in our lives. And God has given the Christian, He has given His children a solution for sins. And when we sin against God, when we do wickedness in our lives, when we make mistakes in our ministry or when we make mistakes in our marriage or mistakes in our parenting or mistakes in our finances, the first thing that we must do is we must run to God 
and not run from God. We must seek God's forgiveness. Listen, God wants you to hear this today. He's ready, He's able, and He's willing to forgive you of your sin. He's willing to forgive you of your mistakes. He wants to cleanse you and wash you and restore you. God wants to forgive you. Now, how is God able to forgive you? Because Jesus Christ came and shed His blood on Calvary. And because Jesus has shed His blood, there is a fountain that's filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunged beneath that flood, they lose all their guilty stains. God doesn't just cleanse us and forgive us of sin the day we get Get saved, but as we bow our knee and acknowledge our sin and confess to God our sin, He's faithful to forgive His children of their sin. How often will God forgive you? As often as you confess. How ready is God to forgive you? As soon as you confess, God will forgive you and cleanse you of your sin. So the first thing you do when you can't undo what you did is seek forgiveness. Number two, Samuel says this, sincerely follow. Look what he says in the first part of verse 20. And Samuel said unto the people, fear not, ye have done all this wickedness, yet turn not aside from following the Lord. He says, look, you've done wrong, you've done wickedly, but whatever you do, I want you to sincerely follow after the Lord. Listen, just because you've made a mistake, just because you've brought negative consequences in your life because of your sin or a wicked choice that you've made in your history. Listen, God still wants you and me to get up and to follow Him. The Bible says that the righteous man may fall seven times, but he gets back up again. God wants you to sincerely follow Him. He wants you to pursue Him. What do you do when you can't change your past? What do you do when you can't undo what you did? You keep following God. You keep seeking after God. You keep letting God lead your life. This is no time to quit. It's no time to stop. It's no time to lay down. It's no time to withdraw. It's no time to recede and to recluse and to go into hiding and to go into pouting. Yes, I know you're ashamed. Yes, I know you feel guilty. Yes, I know regret is eating you alive. But whatever you do, dust off your knees, dust off your britches, roll your sleeves up and follow God. Seek after God. He wants you to continue to follow Him. It reminds me of the New Testament passage in the book of Philippians where Paul says this. In Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 12 through 14, Paul writes by the Spirit of God, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, listen to what he says, 
forgetting those things which are behind. What do you do when you can't undo what you did? You need to forget those things that are behind. Yesterday is history. Yesterday is gone. There's nothing you can do to change it. I know your heart broken. I know you regret it. I know if you could go back to that moment in time, you would change what you did, but there is no way to turn back the hands of time, so you have to leave the past in the past and forget the things which are behind. Then Paul says, and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Listen, you're... Your future is not in your past. Your future is ahead of you. And there's many of you listening to the sound of my voice right now, this very moment, you're missing God's plan for you. You're missing the future. You're missing the rest of your life because you won't forget a mistake that you have made in your past. You must forget the past. God is not working in history. God is working in the future. And God wants you to follow Him out of your past into your future. Paul says this, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Listen, you've got to keep following God. Some of you have made a mistake and you've sinned against God and you've disappointed yourself, you've disappointed your wife or your husband or your children or your church or your pastor or your deacons and you feel like you've let everybody down. But I want you to know this, it's time to rise out of that bed of regret, that bed of self-pity. It's time to follow God back in to the church. It's time to follow God back into the prayer closet. It's time to follow God back into the Word of God. It's time to follow God back into winning souls for Jesus. It's time to follow God into the rest of your life. Listen, today is the first day of the rest of your life. And don't let life pass you by because you're living under the regret and condemnation of something that you cannot change. Samuel says, look, whatever you do, after, what do you do when you can't undo what you did? Seek forgiveness. God always forgives when we confess. He says, number two, sincerely follow. Uh, this reminds me, several years ago when I lived in Georgia, there came a big snow that year and uh, we had a dog outside and we uh, had to water him and feed him and take care of him and his water would freeze up so we would have to go out and break the ice and pour hot water on his water bowl and it was snowing, it was cold and uh, I told one of my younger boys, I said, look, stay inside. I don't want you to come outside, it's too cold. And so I went outside and I had my jacket on, my boots on and I walked out to the dog pen. I took care of the dog, I took care of his food, his water, made sure that he was warm and as I was down there breaking up the ice so he could have something to drink, I noticed that one of my children had followed me out of the house. He had come out of the house. He had put on his boots. He wasn't dressed properly. And as I looked back, I was watching him. I left behind me my footprints in the snow. And I was watching him make his way to me. And I noticed along the way that he was trying to put his feet in my path. He was trying to step ahead 
and put his little footprint in my big footprint and he was making a mess of it. His stride was shorter than mine. His foot was smaller than mine and he was making a mess of it really. And, uh, and I was watching him and I realized that he had disobeyed me. He had done what I asked him not to do. I told him to stay inside but he rebelled and disobeyed and followed me out into the cold. Uh, he was trying to walk like me but he couldn't. But as I watched him, I realized that I loved him. And listen, I didn't start yelling at him. I didn't belittle him. I didn't scold him. I didn't tell him, get back in the house, you rebellious child. No, do you know what I did as his father? Even though he had done wrong, even though he was out of place, even though he didn't obey me, I realized that he was trying to follow me. And when I realized that he was trying to follow me, I got up from where I was. I went to where he was. I picked him up and took him back into a safe, warm place. Listen, God, he wants you to follow him even after you make a mistake. He doesn't want to run you off. He doesn't want to run you away. He doesn't want to embarrass you, scold you, and belittle you. He wants you to follow him. I want you to see the third thing that Samuel tells Israel after they have done wickedly. He goes on to say in verse 20, Yet turn not aside from following the Lord, but listen, but serve the Lord with all your heart. He says, number one, when you can't undo what you did, seek forgiveness. Number two, when you can't undo something you've done, sincerely follow. And number three, he says this, serve faithfully. What is the best medicine for spiritual failure? What is the best remedy for when we make a mistake in life? Here it is. Do the next right thing. Here, God wants you to serve Him. Don't disengage from serving God. Get back involved with your church. Find a place of service. Find a place to give. Find a way to sacrifice. Keep serving God. The devil doesn't want you serving God after a mistake. Uh, Listen, the devil doesn't want you getting back on track. He wants to take you down, take you out, and disengage you from serving. In the army of the Lord. He says, Keep serving God. Listen, God still wants you to serve Him. Listen, you may have made a mistake. Maybe your mistake has cost you a marriage. Maybe your sin has cost you a relationship with your children. Maybe your sin has cost you a, uh, a privilege of being a pastor of a church. Maybe your sin has cost you your Sunday school class or a relationship with your parents. Maybe your sin has cost you financially. Maybe you've lost everything and you're starting all over again. Here's what I want to say to you listening to me. You need to seek God's forgiveness. Sincerely follow God and serve God faithfully. God is not through with your life. He is not through using you. He wants to use you. He can use you and He will use you if you allow Him. I want to finish with this. The next verse says... Um, uh, He says this in verse 21, Turn not aside, uh, for then should ye go after vain things which cannot profit nor deliver, for they are vain. Here's what happens. Listen very carefully. When we make a mistake, when we fail, when we sin, 
The worst thing we can do is turn to things that numb us but can't heal us. The worst thing we can do is turn to things that take our mind off of what we have done. Listen, many people after they sin morally, after they sin financially, after they sin uh, maybe in relationships, they turn to alcohol. Alcohol cannot deliver you. Some turn to pornography. Pornography cannot deliver you. Some turn to drugs, gambling, shopping. Some turn to all kinds of sin. Listen very carefully. These things cannot deliver you. But God can deliver you. And God has the ability and the power to restore the years that the locusts have eaten. Listen, dear friend, no matter where you are today, seek God's forgiveness, follow after God, and serve Him faithfully. I pray that today's message has been a blessing to you. For prayer requests, please call 304-720-6156. You can visit our website at www.ccbcwv.com and I would like to invite you to come worship with us Sunday mornings at 10, 11, Sunday evening at 6, and Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. The church is located at 149 7th Avenue, South Charleston, West Virginia. We'd love to see you and your family there.